You're listening to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Haley Schaff, where I'm here to empower you to become the alpha of your health. Welcome back to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. So excited to be sharing this interview with you guys. So today I interviewed... Mary Kay Kilfoy, and she is someone that we've worked together in the past, and we've been connected for a while, and we have a really, really, really awesome conversation today about her journey to motherhood, and she always kind of says, you know, like she's, she, she embraces the fact that she is a, a crunchy mom and why she is the way that she is, why that she makes the health choices for her and her family that she does, and I thought this was really helpful, one, because... I get a lot of questions on moms on how, you know, to help your child with better food choices while still kind of, you know, letting them be a kid and how to make healthy swaps without, you know, feeling like you're not giving them, you know, what it quote is to be a kid. And I think that Mary Kay has like a very, very, very awesome perspective to that. Something that I think is very insightful and especially all that you know, went into her journey, I think that it's going to be so helpful for so many of you guys. So I'm really, really excited to get into today's episode, share it with you guys. And she was just very, very open and very vulnerable along kind of what's gone on in her journey. And so I love being able to offer a space and platform where people can open up about experiences that they've had and things that they've been through that therefore lead them to where they are now. And so I'm so excited to share this interview. I can't wait uh, for you guys to hear it. And I hope that you enjoy it. Mary Kate, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. We have been connected for a while because of Instagram and working together. And it's just, I'm so excited to hear more about your journey with becoming more interested in just holistic health, you know, especially with you being a mom. And so if you could just kind of introduce yourself and then talk a little bit about how you kind of got into this space. Yes. I'm so excited to be on this podcast. Um, I listen to it daily on my drive, so um, I love it so much. So my name is Mary Kate. I am 26 years old and I have a three-year-old son. Um, I got pregnant my senior year of college. I was a college softball player. I was always super into lifting, um, eating quote unquote healthy. Um, it wasn't actually healthy, (laughs) but, um, so I got pregnant my senior year of college. Um, and I had always like babysat in the past and, you know, like I've always loved babies. So we were like, you know, this isn't the worst thing that could happen. Like she can handle it. You know, she'll be a good mom. Um, so about three months into my pregnancy, um, I was, you know, going to my OB visits, all of that. Um, I remember asking like, what is the best prenatal vitamin I could be taking? And she said, oh, all prenatals are the same. Like just, you know, you could get a generic one from Walmart, no big deal. And I kind of thought that was like a red flag um, because I figured, you know, some have to be better than others, but I just didn't really think anything of it. So I just bought a generic one um, from Walgreens and just went through that. And like at my OB appointments, you know, they were probably like 20 minutes long. The doctor would ask me, how do you feel? Um, They would check my weight and send me on my way. So I was kind of confused as to why I wasn't really given any information about pregnancy or like how to, you know, stay healthy, that type of thing. Um, 
uh, when I was about five months pregnant, I started to get extreme anxiety, um, anxiety and depression. Um, I went into my OB's office and, you know, told her like, I'm really anxious. I like, is there anything you can do to help me? Um, and she's like, oh, we can give you, um, anxiety medicine. And, you know, that's, that's really all I can do for you. And I didn't really want to do that. So I was like, okay, I'll just hold off. Um, and I got miserable. I started having intrusive thoughts. Um, I started having really dark and scary thoughts. I didn't want to be a mom anymore. Um, I felt super disconnected from everyone around me, almost like um, depersonalization, derealization. Like my anxiety had just gotten so bad. My symptoms started to turn physical. Um, so I'm about five months into my pregnancy. I'm having all these intrusive thoughts of like dying during labor. Um, and it got really scary. So I mustered up the courage to just go into my OB's office and tell her like, I'm having thoughts that I'm going to die in labor. Like, can you help me? I'm petrified. And her answer was, well, it's a possibility. <laughs> um, yeah. Very so that, Yes. Yes. So that sent me into a deep spiral. Um, I spent my pregnancy dreading every single day. Like it was, I felt a sort of doom upon me. Um, just super bad anxiety and depression. Um, I then, um, I was about seven months pregnant, seven or six, six months pregnant. Um, I went in for another OB appointment and this time it was an ultrasound. And she says to me, Oh, we think your son has a brain tumor. Um, we're going to have to send you to the university, um, of Iowa hospital, which is our like big Iowa, big hospital in Iowa. So now I was like, Oh my gosh, now I have this on my plate. Um, I already don't want to be a mom. I'm scared I'm going to die. And now my son has a brain tumor. So they send me to the University of Iowa hospital and there they tell me, no, that was just a speck of dust on their ultrasound. Your son does not have a tumor, but you have umbilical vein varix. So that is, um, could be a chance for a stillbirth for my baby. So now I have that on my plate. Um, they tell me I need to be induced at 39 weeks. And from the beginning, I told myself I was going to have a natural birth. Um, I didn't want an epidural. I didn't want Pitocin. Like the thought of just not being able to move my legs really scared mm -hmm. me. I, I didn't really think um, like, you know, of, of the medication going into my body being a harmful or like, you know, being in contact with my baby. I, those weren't thoughts in my head yet. But I told myself I wanted to do it um, natural. So... I have all these terrible anxiety symptoms, and now I have to go be induced, which is going to um, make my risk for a C-section higher, which was one of my greatest fears. Um, so I go into the hospital at 39 weeks, petrified, already don't want to be a mom um, anymore because my anxiety has just gotten so bad that I no longer feel like a human. Um, I go in and I just tell the doctors and nurses when I get into my um, labor and delivery room, I was like, I want to do this as natural as possible. I refuse Pitocin and I refuse an epidural. So how are you going to get this baby out if I have to be induced? And luckily, one of the nurses were like, you could just pump to induce. So they had me use a breast pump and that actually worked. Um, I then went into labor and my labor was like very smooth. I had him um, a healthy baby. Um, and at that point, um, 
so I guess I should backtrack. I never wanted to breastfeed. Okay. I just wanted formula. Like I just wanted to do formula and that was it. I didn't know the, you know, I didn't know the, um, benefits of breastfeeding. So I wanted to do formula. And then once I had my son, um, I decided, you know what, actually I'm going to breastfeed. And thank you. What what made you like want to all of a sudden do it once you had your son? So when I pumped to induce myself into labor, I actually pumped colostrum. And so seeing that like breast milk colostrum, I was like, holy crap, like this is amazing. Like my body just produced milk for my baby to drink. So I was like, I guess I'll just do it. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll breastfeed. Um, so he wasn't able to latch. So then I, um, had to pump for 19 months straight. So for 19 months, I was hooked up to my pump every three hours, um, producing breast milk to give my baby into a bottle. Um, so that was another journey in itself, but a couple months went by and, um, my son had to go for his vaccines for his four month vaccines. And I had like a gut a bad gut feeling and I didn't want to do them. And I talked to the doctor and she was like, Oh no, nothing could go wrong. Um, the only, I was like, what are the side, like what could happen? And she said the side effects would only be like a fever. Maybe he could get like a slight rash. Like that's it. So I still didn't want to do it, but I was like, okay, I guess I will. Because I thought, you know, that's what you do with your babies. You have Mm -hmm. them, you, you take them to their doctor's visits, you get their vaccines, you know, to keep them healthy. So he had his four month shots. We go home and about five hours later, he, um, his eyes started rolling into the back of his head. Um, he couldn't make eye contact. He had a fever of like 103.7 maybe. It was like super high for a newborn. Um, so I called the OB and of course they told me, um, yeah, that's okay. Like that, that's normal. Like, um, you're probably just having really bad anxiety. Um, so of course I get on Google and start researching and I think that he has brain swelling and it went on for about three days. Um, I took him back and they did confirm that he had brain swelling. Um, thank God he is fully recovered now, but that was the day that kind of opened me up to the world of, I guess, being a quote unquote crunchy mom, because I decided I will no longer be giving my baby these vaccines. Um, and I didn't know anything about vaccines. I didn't, I got kicked out of my pediatrician's office because we no longer wanted to give the vaccines. Um, and they wouldn't see us unless we did. So I am a new mom at 23 suffering from anxiety, depression. And now I, you know, have this baby that was vaccine injured and can no longer go to their pediatrician. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just started looking around and I found a, um, a pediatric chiropractor chiropractor. And so I just took him there and I was like, can you guys just like be, you know, do like health checks and stuff? And they're like, yeah, of course. Um, so I stopped going to the pediatrician for everything and I started going to the chiro for everything. So I would go, you know, if he was having, if he was like having pain with teething, they'd adjust him. If, um, I thought that he had an ear infection, they would adjust him and they were just making all these things go away without medicine. And I was like, that's so crazy. I didn't know that, you know, there was a whole other world to holistic health. I didn't know that, you know, or I guess to Western medicine and holistic health. Like I didn't know there was two separate worlds kind Mm -hmm. of. Mm -hmm. 
So then I was like, well, maybe someone could help me with my anxiety and depression because this had been going on now for over a year. Um, and this was postpartum, right? Or would correct. you, and, and maybe a little bit, po- maybe a little bit with pregnancy or, or yeah. more so postpartum? Nope. It was both. I had extreme brain fog, anxiety, depression, you know, depersonalization, derealization all throughout my pregnancy. And then now it is carried over into postpartum. Okay. Yes. Um, so I start, I got on Google and just looked up, um, like natural minded doctors near me <laughs> and a place came up, uh, called nutrition works. And, um, I was like, Oh my God, like maybe they could help me and not, you know, give me medicine because my OB had said like medicine is the only thing that can help you. So I called them, I kind of told them my symptoms and they're like, Oh yeah, we can help you. Like, come on in. No problem. So I went into there and they ran a bunch of tests on me. They did like the Dutch test, the oats test, um, all this. And my results came back that I had extreme candida. Um, I had heavy metals. Um, I had extreme levels of mold. So I had all these things mm-hmm. going on in my body and like that every doctor had just dismissed my symptoms with saying like, oh, we can't help you unless you want anxiety medicine. Of course. Yes. So they put me on supplements and within a month I was literally a new person. So, um, I suffered for like years with this anxiety and depression and, you know, this, all this candida, that kind of stuff with doctors telling me that, you know, there was no hope for me. And then I go to a holistic practitioner and they cured me within a few months. Um, so that really opened my eyes and I was like, oh my God, like if I could do something like this um, and help other women so they never have to feel the way I felt during my pregnancy and, and most of my son's, you know, infant years and into toddlerhood, um, I would love that. And so I am actually going back to school now to become a holistic practitioner. Um, I am currently in school, um, for muscle testing and then I will go back. I didn't know you were doing muscle testing. Yes. Yes. It's awesome. It's, it's literally life changing. Oh my gosh. So have you, did your Cairo muscle test you? He did not. But when I went to, um, the nutrition works, that's where I found the world of muscle testing. Isn't it so cool? It is. It's literally the coolest thing in the world. I think that everyone should be muscle tested. Like I think I love muscle testing, but the thing with muscle testing, at least doing it on other people, if people aren't receptive to it and they're fighting you on it, it's not going to work. Yes. And I feel like you have to be very open-minded. You do. You Mm -hmm. do. Because I went to a seminar when I was still in school, I was so skeptical, so Mm -hmm. skeptical. I'm like, what the heck? Like, and, but the one that I learned, you know, it talked about like the meridian system. And so that made sense to me because I was already like, fully 1000% bought into acupuncture. So I'm like, I know mm-hmm. the meridian system is legitimate. And when we did the muscle testing, everything that was a struggle on me showed up like liver lit right up. Um, what else lit right up? It's so many different things kind of lit up. And I was like, whoa, that makes a lot of sense for the symptoms. But then things that were like totally fine, felt fine. Like my thyroid, my mm-hmm. adrenals, you know, all that kind of stuff surprisingly felt okay. Um, 
And so I, I do really like using it. But like when I went to go test my husband for the first time, like guys are hard to test because they just want to like strong arm you and they, they want to think it's like a strength competition. I'm like, if it feels weak, you just need to let it go. Absolutely. I try to do it on my boyfriend all the time and he strong arms me and I'm like, all right, I refuse to test you anymore. <laughs> like Women are just... the best to test on. Yes, absolutely. Agree. Not because we're weaker, but because we, I think, I don't know. I just think that women in general are just more open-minded to, mm-hmm. to stuff like this, but, um, I'm so glad that you're doing muscle testing. It's such, it's such a cool technique and, you know, working with so many people remotely, I know there's ways you can do it and like use surrogate mm-hmm. and stuff, but like, I'm just way more comfortable doing it with people that I see in person. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing tool. I wish everyone would just, everyone who is having symptoms, I just wish they could find someone that can muscle test and they can just, it, it can change your life. It can literally change your life. Yeah. Oh, 100%. So how long have you been going back to school for? Um, I just start, I started in November, I believe. Okay. Yes. So it's only been a few months. Um, I will be fully certified, um, by March though for muscle testing. So I'm about halfway through. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and so that's so exciting that you kind of turned. So, so would you say like the catalyst for you with getting into this journey, like what did your lifestyle look like? before, like when you were in college, I know you said you played softball, like you were kind of into health and fitness, but then you had your son. And obviously like when he was going through all of that, um, you kind of were really kind of diving into kind of more of, like you said, the crunchy mom, the holistic, Mm -hmm. all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So before I got pregnant, um, yeah, I like was active. I would lift, um, I'm athletic, but I would eat like, you know, if it fits your macros. So like Mm -hmm. I would eat crappy protein, protein bars or like, you know, protein shakes. I would, we would drink all the time. It was college. So we were drinking, you know, three nights a week. Um, and then yes, once everything happened with my son, it was literally like a flip of a switch. I don't drink. We don't eat gluten. We don't eat dairy. My son does not get any food dyes. My son eats, um, like liver, heart, spleen. (laughs) He gets bone broth daily. Um, He will literally, we'll go in the grocery store and he'll be like, yeah, mom, that thing has food dyes. Like we don't, we don't eat that. And I'm like, yeah, buddy, you are right. Like we do not eat that. Oh my God. I loved what you said. I don't know if it was in your story the other day, if he sent it to me or whatever, Mm -hmm. when he was, you're like, are you going to eat that? And he's like, no, it has blue food dye. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I like, I think that we as moms, um, like have a duty to, if, if we know the knowledge, like we should share it with our, our kids. And like, this is going to help him grow up knowing like, okay, this food is probably not the best for us. Like there is an alternative and it's not even like, oh, I deprive him of things. Like that kid gets sweets, but it's sweets that are, do not have food dyes in them, like are, um, sourced well, you know, are organic. Like it, there's, it's not like a, you know, all or nothing thing. And I think a lot of people confuse that in motherhood or like, will ask me like, well, oh, he's just going to binge eat stuff when he moves out of your house. And it's like, no, he won't because I, I let him have chips, but they're mm-hmm. siete chips. Like they don't have oils in them. Um, or, you know, I let him have a cookie, but it's gluten-free and it's organic. And, um, it's from a company I trust. And same with like snacks for on the go. Like he, he gets normal kids snacks, but they don't have food dyes in them and they don't have a lot of sugar and and they're from real whole foods. So there are ways to make healthier choices for your 
children, um, it just takes a little bit more time to learn what to look out for. And once you do it, it's so easy to, you know, go to the store and, and pick a better choice option. Definitely. And I think I really love what you said about it's not like you're depriving of things because he's still getting, and, and I think that's such a mindset switch that we need to have as a society. Just mm-hmm. let the kid have cake. Just let the, why, why can't they have those things, but have a better version that's not filled with chemicals and garbage because exactly. we have just like so normalized eating like crap and how it's just car- part of living life. Whereas mm-hmm. you're right. And even Nick and I are, we, are, I mean, ourselves, we, we eat plenty of things that normal Americans eat. We just have a better version of it. Um, exactly. But I think the interesting part too, and kind of the caveat with that is, um, you know, when he goes off on his own, he's not going to love the way that he feels when he eats standard American food, because he's going to know how good his body feels running off of like better foods so that he's going to have a tummy ache when he eats, you know, something like I'm sure, you know, for the holidays or whatever, mm-hmm. I think kids, I was listening to a podcast on this the other day where the mom was saying, she lets her kids have things, but then if they have something, she asks them how they feel so they can be more in tune with how certain foods make them feel so that they can, you know, be like, you know, what? I don't think I want to have another piece of cake or I don't think I want to have another soda because I don't like the way that I feel. And I don't think, I think that the way that you go about it is, is really kind of refreshing. And so do you feel like it was difficult? Um, do you feel like he had a picky palate or no. Oh my no. gosh. So I knew after, you know, we went through the whole um, brain swelling thing and I turned, you know, quote unquote crunchy mom. I knew that when he started solid foods, he would get nothing processed. He would be eating organic um, as, you know, as once he's hit six months, cause that's when you can start solids. Um, so from six months until one and a half, I was very strict about what he ate, but it's because I wanted his palate to get used to real whole foods. If I was mm-hmm. letting him have chips, crackers, you know, um, pouches all the time, that's what his, that's what he's going to crave or like mm-hmm. craft Mac and cheese. That's what his, that's what his taste buds were going to crave. But instead, since I did that from six months to, you know, a year and a half to, I was really diligent and strict. And it's not like he knew I was restricting him when he's an infant. He doesn't know the difference. Um, I was able to set his taste buds basically up for success in his palate. And he will eat, he loves steak. Steak's probably his favorite food. He loves ground beef. He loves, I buy like um, a, I think it's called Force of Nature. And it has like beef liver, beef heart, and ground beef in it. He yeah. loves that. Like he loves raw veggies with carrot or with like hummus. Um, So I think it's just so important to, if you can, set your infant up for success by just feeding them real whole foods for that first, you know, year and a half so that they don't prefer the Kraft mac and cheese over, um, you know, the, the healthier option, the, the steak or something. Um, and then, you know, obviously I let him have treats now, but he still just prefers those whole foods because that's what his taste buds are so used to. Isn't that so crazy? So what, I guess what, what would you say for moms who, you know, maybe their kids are a little bit older as they're learning about their journey. I work with a lot of people on nutrition where they're like, I can never get my kids to eat this because mm-hmm. they're like, they know when I swap this for this, you know, like they're at a point mm-hmm. where they're, they're much more intelligent about their, what they're eating. And they, I work with some moms who they're, I, I can't believe their kids are that smart in terms of mm-hmm. knowing like when they make the small substitution. Um, so what, <laughs> And it's so hard because like I can, I can give, you know, practical tips 
mm-hmm. on, on what I would do. But do you have any suggestions? Like, have do you, yeah. does anybody that you know have they gone through kind of dealing with kids that are maybe a little bit older, but trying to kind of make this health journey work? Yeah. So what I would do is um, I just give options. Even like if let's say Barrett wants chips. Okay, I will give him a few chips, but I will also give him like um, veggies and dip or, you know, cucumbers, like something else with that option that he does want. Um, Another thing is just having them try new foods, like, and don't even make it a big deal about it. Just put it on their plate. And if they eat it, they eat it. And if they don't, they don't. But just continue to introduce those new foods to them so that they can get used to them. And even if they only like pick it up, they don't even put it to their mouth. Like they're still just getting used to it. And I I don't think it's a switch you can make overnight, which can be very frustrating. And I think it's easy to give up on, but if you just stick with it and offer those new healthier versions of foods, like their taste buds will change over time. 100%. Um, I think it's just going about it in a gentle way and not forcing it. Um, and not making it a bad experience. Cause you know, if you sit a kid down at the table and you say, you know, you have to eat this, you can't get up, um, until you eat this, that is one can be traumatizing into it. It makes the child not even want to try it because you're trying to force it. Um, right. so I think if you just go at it with a gentle approach and, you know, make changes over time, their taste buds are going to change for sure. Yeah, no, I, I really, I totally agree with that. And I, I can testify that to myself. I mean, mm-hmm. I, we, we can all kind of grow our palate in terms of whatever we're eating. And, you know, especially when people are trying to limit sugar or for me, oh my gosh, it was like the, the crappy protein powder that I used to have. I didn't mm-hmm. think I could live my life without it. And now my, my palate has changed so much where I honestly can't even, like, I think that my blood, I, I just can't even think about finding that appetizing. I know. I tried to, I tried a Dorito last week and I'm not kidding. It tasted like straight chemicals to me. My taste buds have just changed so much that like if something is processed, I I can't even have it. Like it just tastes like chemicals to me now. Yeah, exactly. And don't get me wrong. Like I am a huge fan of like homemade sweets and homemade. Mm -hmm. I love that stuff. I have a sweet tooth at heart, but I could do without any of like the ho-hos, the Mm -hmm. the stuff in the package. No, thank you. And even like the homemade treats, I try to not make it, you know, a habit because at the same time, I'm just still trying to work on nourishment. But I I don't think that we have to live a deprived life. And especially with you being a mom, it doesn't sound like you're depriving him of anything. You're depriving him of being void of attention deficit disorders because of you're limiting the, you're limiting the artificial colors and flavorings, which we know are linked to all these behavioral issues in kids. Yeah. And another thing is like when we go to birthday parties, I will never tell him like, oh, you can't have that cake. That frosting has food dyes in it. Like I'll let him have it, but it's just not something I bring in my house that we eat on a regular basis. And I think that's where people kind of get tripped up is like, oh, what are you going to do? Bring his own cake for birthday parties? Like, no, he can have it, but it's just not going to be something that's in my home. Yeah, exactly. And do you, do you notice and, uh, you know, if he has any changes in behavior or mood or yeah, energy? Oh my gosh. Yes. He gets angry when, if he, if I, if he has something with food dyes in it, his personality is like wildly different for a few hours. Um, there's absolutely an effect I can see when he has food dyes versus when he does not. That's so crazy. I know. So crazy. So 
Okay, I kind of want to backtrack to kind of like the really monumental kind of shift that happened for you when he experienced that brain inflammation. What did you guys do about going about helping him heal and supporting him throughout that journey? Because obviously you were not with your pediatrician mm-hmm. anymore uh, once you made the decision that you you wanted to not move forward with certain things. So, so what did you guys do? Like, who did you reach out to? How did you help him heal? And especially, I mean it's quite a blessing that he didn't experience, you know, long-term effects mm-hmm. from that brain inflammation. Oh, I know. If I would have kept going with the vaccines, he absolutely would not be the ba- the toddler he is today. I know that for a fact. I think he would have had severe irreversible, irreversible damage. So I am so glad that I listened to my mom gut. Um, if I could give one mom advice, listen to your mom gut, you know best. Um, but for the healing part, so Um, he got kicked out of our pediatrician because, you know, we, um, no longer decided to do the shots. Um, I knew one other person who did not vaccinate. Um, so I reached out to them and kind of just asked them what to do. And they were the ones who pointed me into the, um, Cairo direction as well. Just like, you don't have to take him to a pediatrician. You can see other types of doctors. So what we did was, um, the Cairo, I asked in, some crunchy mom groups, like, okay, where do I go from here? Um, we, he started taking the TRS advanced spray. Um, I don't know if you've heard of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So it draws out the heavy metals and that stuff. Um, so we did that. I switched over all of his products. Um, the first thing I started with was diapers because I went down the rabbit hole of diapers and the chemicals in them. And, you know, diapers are something that sit on an infant 24 hours a day and not only sit on them, but on their private parts, right? So it's like super important to um, not be putting chemicals there. So I switched out all of his pamper diapers. I was actually able to take them to Walmart and they let me switch them out for a better brand. So I did that. What's a brand that you like? I like in-store. If I had to pick in-store, there's Honest brand. Um, If you're looking for something like more affordable, like in price range by pampers, I would do Hello Bello. Um, let's see online. I like earth and Eden diapers. Seventh generation is, is still a better choice than most. Um, mm-hmm. you find re- that they're much more expensive or are they in the similar range? Kind of like feminine products, right? Like they're not much, they're not that much more expensive to get yeah. organic. Um, do you find with diapers? And I guess the one other thing with diapers is like, obviously you're using them a lot. Like you're using <laughs> them every right. day, multiple times a day for a long time. Yeah. So the Hello Bello diapers are actually cheaper, I want to say, than Pampers diapers are. So if if money is the issue holding you back from switching diapers, Hello Bello would be a great choice. Um, Ooh, okay. Good yes. to know. Yeah. And then Honest are a little bit more expensive, but I just chalked it up to like, I'm going to make sacrifices in other areas of my spending to make sure that I can be providing my son with the best you know, diapers that I can or best products that I can, just because that was so important to me and his healing um, to, you know, provide the most clean products that I could. What are some other swaps that you think that moms and uh, moms and dads should know about for their, for their kids? Um, Let's see. Body wash. I, now what I know, now that I know what I know about what is in for example, Johnson and Johnson baby soap. I think it is criminal that hospitals are allowed to use that 
as baby's first bath in the hospital. That is so full of hormone disrupting, um, cancer causing ingredients that I think it sh- it should literally be illegal. Um, so if you have been using Johnson and Johnson, I would definitely switch over. Some good brands are Earth Mama, Tubby Todd, um, even Hello Bello. Honestly, would be a better choice than than something like Johnson and Johnson. And I'm guilty of using it too. I used it for months until I finally made the switch. So I definitely don't judge anyone who uses it and doesn't know, you know, how bad it is. But um, if that's something that you use, I I would definitely switch from that. Definitely. Especially because that's something that you're using all the time. What about Mm -hmm. baby powder? Yes. So that's another thing. Johnson and Johnson actually has a lawsuit out against them for their the talc in their baby powder that is causing cancer. And again, they use it in the hospital and it just blows my mind. Like, why are we setting these babies up for failure? Um, I would probably, I don't even, I never, I never used baby powder once, but I would probably look into something like Earth Mama again. That's such a great brand. Um, And the same for like diaper cream, lotion. Um, Honestly, I never even used lotion on my son just because I thought it was so weird. Why are we why are we putting something on our baby's skin, you know, and clogging the pores? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, baby's skin is so delicate as it is and, and is absorbing what we're putting on it. So I never did lotion. My son never needed it. Um, but if I needed to do one, I would do Earth Mama or Alavia. That's another really good brand. Okay. Good to know. What about, um, what about bottles? Do they make glass Glass. bottles? Yes. Yes. Use glass bottles. Oh my goodness. I, and I didn't at first, but I cringe thinking about how many times we sterilize bottles with, you know, high temperatures of heat. And then that he is melting the plastic basically. And then we are feeding our babies, um, you know, with that melted plastic, it's just insane. So definitely use glass bottles. You can even use like Mason jars now and they, yeah. And they, um, you can just buy attachments like Um, the nipple attachment for the bottle off of like Amazon. So that's a good, easy switch. Do you feel like, well, especially like once they get a little bit older that the glass and it with it breaking, like what do you use for a sippy cup? Um, So they actually have silicone sleeves that you can buy. So for sippy cups, yeah, we didn't use sippy cups long. Honestly, I taught him how to drink out of a cup just because I didn't want him using a plastic sippy cup, but they do have sleeves. Um, so you could buy like a stainless steel sippy cup. You could buy a glass sippy cup and then get a sleeve to attach. So like there are so many options, but I just wish they were more mainstream so that more parents would know about them. Because, you know, when I was first a mom, I never thought about, oh, I should probably shouldn't buy plastic bottles. Like that never crossed my mind. Right. And I'm thinking of all the people listening to this podcast. And obviously we know these things for ourselves, but then, I mean, for me, like all this baby stuff is, is like foreign language. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, I don't even know, does this stuff even exist? I mean, obviously I'm going to, when we decide to have kids, I'm going to really find all the brands, you know, to, to be able to essentially live the same lifestyle that very similar one that we do. Mm -hmm. Um, what about, so I know a few moms have asked, or like when we got our new mattress, mm-hmm. um, I had a few moms reach out saying like, oh, we got the avocado mattress mm-hmm. is a crib mattress for our baby or whatever. Did you do any of like the bedroom or nursery type swaps? Yes. yes. So, um, for some reason I bought an organic, um, non-toxic mattress for my son's crib before I was, before I was even crunchy. I just, my sister <laughs> told me to buy it. So I bought it, but, um, we actually ended up, um, 
co-sleeping. So I bought, I have the migraine mattress is what we bought. Yep. And then we bought avocado pillows. Obviously he didn't use a pillow. He was, you know, an infant. And then we bought organic sheets, organic bedding. Um, so yeah, there are so many options for organic non-toxic cribs. Avocado is a good one. Migraine mattress is a good one. Um, and there's so many mom groups nowadays, like specifically like non-toxic ones that just have loads of information, um, that are, they're so helpful when you're just starting out and have no idea. You can literally just like search in that group and tons of things pop up. Oh, okay. That's good to know. You're going to have to add me to like all of these things. Yes. Um, yeah. Someday because I just feel so, I feel like it's like a, just a foreign world, all of mm-hmm. this stuff. It and is. Navigating all of that. So is his primary kind of primary doctor, uh, the chiropractor? Yeah, we, my son has not seen a pediatrician in almost three years. He's, um, he's, he's three years old in three months. He has not seen a pediatrician since the day he had that brain swelling. Um, I just, I lost all trust. I I couldn't do it. So we we just switched over, yeah, to the Cairo. And then I found a natural minded doctor that I have him under. So, you know, just if ever something were medically medical attention was needed, I would take him there, but we do not do well visits. No. Is he, is he, how healthy is he? He like, has is, he ever gotten like strep throat or no. anything that typical kids get? No, no, he, I'm not kidding. He is the healthiest child in the world. I, he has probably had like a few minor colds that are gone within 24 hours. He has never had, you know, ear infections or I guess he, he almost had an ear infection one time. I took him to the Cairo and the next day it was gone. So they literally just adjusted him and the ear infection was gone. Um, other than that, no, he has never been sick. And it's crazy to me because a lot, I see so many infants and toddlers just so sick 24 seven with colds or coughs or ear infections or strep mm-hmm. throat. And it's just crazy to me that we're told that that's normal. Cause it's, it's really not, I mean, like our, our babies don't have to be sick 24 seven. No. And I think that that's something that's like, it's, it's a symptom that something mm-hmm. else is kind of off or not, not optimal. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's, you know, it's not the, a horrible thing if, mm-hmm. you know, we do get sick or get a cough or get a cold, but the, this, the kicker that what you said is he's over it within 12 to 24 hours. Mm-hmm. He's, he's very good at healing and that's super, super important. And I, I think that's amazing. Some of, I mean, people, crunchy moms, they get a bad rap, but man, they've, they truly have some of the healthiest kids I've ever seen. Yeah. And another thing um, that I was going to touch on is milk. So we are told, you know, after you're done breastfeeding or formula feeding, then put your kid on whole milk from the grocery store. It doesn't matter what kind. Um, (laughs) Doesn't matter. Yeah. And that was just crazy to me too. And I had obviously done enough research by then, but when my son was done breastfeeding at 20 months, um, we just did water. He doesn't drink like milk every for every meal. Um, we buy raw milk now and he'll have like a glass a day, but once he hit, once I was done breastfeeding, he just got water. And I think that's another thing that can cause so much inflammation and and lead to ear infections and stuff with infants and toddlers is we're giving them so much processed dairy that is just awful, but we're told that it's good for them and it's not. No, I know. How has he ever done raw, raw milk? Yeah. Yes. He does raw milk now. Um, I just started getting it from a farm cool. a few months ago. So he'll have like a cup a day maybe or a cup every couple days. But it, he yeah. definitely 
doesn't get, you know, his his main nutrition from milk, like we're told. Um, right, right. It's more of, a, I, I see it as more of a supplemental thing. I mean, raw milk mm-hmm. is a totally different beast than conventional, yes. you know, standard, whatever milk. I mean, think about the difference just in the fatty acid profile alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, the heating process, the homogenizing and pasteurization, I mean, you're depleting pretty much any good nutrition that would be there anyway. So then you just mm-hmm. get all the inflammatory stuff. And so how does he do with raw milk? Amazing. He, he loves it. He does great with it. Um, but I always wonder, you know, how would he have reacted if I would have just bought, you know, the, the whole milk from the store that Mm -hmm. was from cows that were not grass fed and have GMOs. Um, so yeah, he, he's just such a healthy toddler. That's amazing. So this is also something that selfishly I'm not concerned about, but like, I think every parent goes with it is the messing up of the sleep schedule. So how does he sleep? Oh my gosh. Do you have any tips for people who like might want to help their kids sleep better? Yes. So if I could go back in time, I would do things so differently. Um, He did not, he would wake up every 30 minutes for the first six months. I did not get any sleep for seriously the first six months of his life. It was torture um, and did not help my postpartum depression and anxiety. But what I, what made the switch was we started taking him to the, when we started taking him to the Cairo regularly, he started sleeping amazing. Um, he also had a tongue and lip tie that went unnoticed and that can really affect sleep. So, um, I would also highly recommend getting that checked out. Um, if they have, um, like colic, colic is a symptom of an underlying cause, right? So like when doctors just say, oh, they're colicky, um, no, there's something actually going on that needs to be investigated further. They're not just, they're not just a colicky baby. Um, you know, something else is going on. So I would highly recommend the chiropractor for your newborns, like right away. Um, if I could go back in time, I would have gotten him in there like the day after he was born. Yeah. I, one of my cousins had a pretty colicky baby and I was able to adjust him and, mm-hmm like it helped a lot, but then, you know, even, so at that point he was uh, four months old, something, mm-hmm. he was young and she was breastfeeding. And so I was like, you really got to look at, you know, if you're eating foods that might be mm-hmm. bothering him, you know, like really limit gluten and dairy from your diet, because that's going to be passed to him through the breast milk. And so all of that kind of stuff really, really, really helped. But yeah, chiropractic is crazy. I mean, for babies who are constipated, Mm-hmm. For babies who are colicky, for the who babies are fussy. I mean, it's crazy. Like yes. I've adjusted babies in clinic and like they'll poop their pants right there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's it I I seriously think the Cairo is the cure for everything with infants. Like if I could tell moms, you know, to just just take your baby to the Cairo, I promise it is so worth it. Like shameless it's, it's life changing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hit up Bailey. <laughs> it's so it's it's crazy. I mean I, by no means, like, I'm not a kid expert, but I I have treated some kids and seen some pretty crazy things, but it's just, it's so crazy. And it'll be cool to, you know, be kind of like that first, first area of support for when we have kids someday. Yes. Yeah. Go to Dr. Mom. Yes. Seriously. You can just adjust them (laughs) from home. Yeah. That will be amazing. Exactly. So, so with the sleep, um, do you, I, I feel like, you know, babies are just, they're little humans. And so they need to be on a circadian rhythm and a schedule just as I feel like adults do, but adults really neglect that. But I feel like we really try to prioritize that, prioritize that for babies. So what does like 
your son's routine look like? So do you feel like that made a difference with his ability to sleep and therefore have you guys be able to get more sleep? Yeah. So I did not believe like in, you know, letting him cry it out at all. That was like one of my huge things is, and that just, if it affects so much more than just, you know, leaving your baby to cry, it actually affects their nervous system. Um, and stuff like that. So that was not something that I wanted to do. So I did suck it up and I, we just, my boyfriend and I, we just did wake up every time he woke up, but as he got better and, you know, went to the Cairo, got adjusted, he started sleeping so much better, but our routine was kind of, um, you know, after we eat dinner, we can do bath time. We'll read some books, um, and then just get into bed and lay down. And, and now he goes to bed you know, without a problem, but I understand that some, some babies, some toddlers, you know, aren't like that, but if you can try to limit screen time or, um, you know, watching shows at night or, um, toys that are overstimulating, like the blinking toys, Mm -hmm. if you can just make it more of a calm environment, I think that really helps. I totally agree. I totally agree. I, and I think, you know, it's it's not these magic pills that happen overnight, but it's when you can kind of help get your kids in a routine. I think nutrition's a huge foundation, connection with, their, with your family, family time, decompression, like getting in a routine, I think is, is just super important for adults, children, toddlers, I think for everybody. And I think that would help make everybody's life a little bit easier. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Awesome. So I know you share a lot on TikTok. I got off that platform a while ago. It was very toxic for me, but I commend you for doing the work and sharing about all things holistic living. So, I mean, can you tell any, everybody where they can connect with you, how they can find you? Yeah. So my, I just started posting my health TikToks just cause I was bored and I was like, you know, whatever, like I'm, I'm just going to try to make a platform out of this. And it actually really grew at a rapid rate. Um, and I didn't think so, but yeah, I just share like my journey with postpartum depression and anxiety. Um, things I like snacks that I feed my toddler products that are good and that I recommend, um, my journey with becoming a holistic practitioner, all of that. And my username is at mare, M-A-R, Kate, K-A-T-E 12. Um, I actually spelled my own name wrong on my (laughs) username, but that's okay. Cause it, 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 whatever. That's fine. Um, so yeah, I'm on TikTok, Mirkate 12. And then I do have Instagram. Um, I share more of like my personal life and stuff there, but I do share like tips a lot of the times on my stories and stuff. And, um, my Instagram is Mary Kate Kilfoy 11. So yeah, feel free to follow me on there. And, um, I guess my biggest like takeaway is just if you are a mom that is struggling with postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, or just, you know, not feeling yourself having chronic fatigue, like there is, there is help out there and you can absolutely heal. Like you do not have to live your life feeling like you're on edge or you need 12 cups of coffee to just stay awake. Like there's so much out there that the holistic practitioners can help you with, um, so just never give up hope because I was definitely in a place where I felt like I had given up hope and, you know, there was, there was no light at the end of the tunnel. And now I'm able to kind of turn my pain into my passion and, and help other women um, realize that this is not the end. This is just the beginning. I love that. And I think that's so important. I love, I love hearing people's pain of purpose because mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what brings us all to where, whatever we do and it's so amazing. I'm so glad that we had this conversation and I'm so glad that 
you're out there doing the work that you are. And I'm so excited for you to be stepping into, you know, this new journey of holistic health and being able to help others. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm seriously the biggest fan of this podcast. I listen to it every day. So it's amazing. Thank you. you. Woo!